0: Are you wondering how to reboot for success in a world of chaos? You may have heard about meditation in the workplace, but have you heard about mindfulness? Is there a difference? And if so, what is it? And when would you use either? Maybe a question on your mind. As a leader, you are responsible for setting the vision or seeing it another way, setting the organization's intention In the face of such massive and unpredictable change, it's hard to keep your employees focused on the right things and dealing with their fear of uncertainty. My next guest is Holly Duckworth, CEO of Leadership Solutions International and a fellow C-suite network thought leader. Holly's expertise is focused on turning meetings and large gatherings into powerful tools of organizational change by using mindfulness as part of the process of building and implementing your strategy of change. In 2018, she was named Trendsetter of the Year by Meetings Today, and in 2016, Woman of the Year by Smart Meetings. Today, we are facing unprecedented change and no one person can think of, let alone figure out how to deal with it you need everyone in your company bringing their best selves to the decision-making table every day at every level and during every interaction having holly and her team work with you to design meetings whether large or small in large or small spaces or places can help you have your people lower their fear reduce negative stress and focus everyone's intention on collaboration and decision-making, and that is needed more today than ever before. Hello, 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 hello everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening to this podcast. I am so appreciative that you chose to join me today for Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper where every week we talk about where you are today, where you want to be and how to close the gap, how to take those first steps that will get you from where you are today to where you want to be and to be your magnificent self all the time. With that, my guest today is Holly Duckworth. Wee, Holly! And she is the CEO of Learning Solutions International. I have to take a deep breath because the work that Holly's doing is about facilitating conversations and helping us to do the three things that I think you've heard me say over and over and over. And certainly my clients have heard me say over and over and over. We first, all of us as human beings, we move first from a place of feeling and emotion. From that, we write a story. From that story, we choose our behavior. behavior. And that's what creates patterns. We just do them over and over and over and over and over again. And if we cannot break those patterns, then we cannot change from where we are. I've had guests on here um, that talk about meditation. Holly's specialty is really about mindfulness and mindfulness in the workplace and mindfulness for CEOs to understand how they can slow down to speed up, slow down so that others can follow them better in a world that's moving faster, faster, and faster. So with that, we're gonna talk a little bit about mindfulness, we're gonna talk about how to facilitate um, great conversations in your workplace, and then we're gonna talk about generating and managing conflict. This is exciting, and with that, my guest, Holly. How you doing, Holly?
1: I'm great, Denise, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. It's an exciting time. Um, you know this 2020 clear vision year I I, I kind of smile I don't know if you do this but we you know we, we all of us at you know the end of, of 2019 we're like oh clear vision 2020 we all made our vision boards clear vision 2020 and we all forgot that um, in order to have clear vision we have to have um, cloudy vision to to navigate through so on some level i think this this i call it a time of possibility i'm not really a pandemic girl i like to call this a time of possibility okay um, that we uh that that we're all navigating how to create a a clear vision personally and professionally and um as you said in your intro my company's leadership solutions international and we do focus on on mindfulness and what it is we're going to talk about that And, and i'm just looking forward to uh Uh, helping your listeners, like you said, and I I say, uh you're stuck between no longer and not yet. A lot of us right now, we're no, we're no longer what we were, but we're not yep. yet what we're going to be. That's that gap place uh, in, in 2010. I got divorced and, and I, I was like, what do I do? You know, I'm closing, I was no longer married, but I wasn't yet in a relationship. Right. So, so there's, a, there's another way, stuck between no longer and not yet. We're, we're working on that gap today, Denise. And, I, and I'm so grateful uh, that, that you laughed because that's where, when we're in those spaces, we do need, we, we need to gather our, our our, I call it head data and our heart data in a place of levity to, to create what we're going to have in 2021, and beyond. Yes,
0: yes, and if you can laugh at it, that's where the point of really innovative solutions show up, isn't it? Those really creative, juicy things, and then, of course, fear shows up and goes, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't say that. <laughs> well, and,
1: in this in these times, as we were yeah. prepping for the show, we were talking about, you know, times of navigating awkward that right now, yes, all yeah. of us are, are kind of holding different space for each other. So if you're in a place in your life where you can't maybe laugh right now, having, having a friend or a colleague that can help you ask the right question or share the right joke or the YouTube video to help you get out of the depths of it and, and into to looking at it from, from a new perspective. It is. It's, Absolutely. It's,
0: well, laughter Absolutely. is
1: what's going to get us through this for sure.
0: Humility and laughter. Holly, um, everybody can read your bio, you know, it's attached to the podcast that there'll be a short bio and a connection to her website where you can read her full bio. But tell me something, tell us something about you that people typically don't know.
1: Well, this is a fun, a fun question, because nobody ever
0: asks this,
1: Denise, it's always about, you know, date rank and serial number, you know, let's scan our scan that little barcode on on our forehead. So I love the question, because it speaks to, to the reality of where we are right now. And everybody always thinks, you know, people on these podcasts, you know, they've written all these books, I've got four award winning books, Mm -hmm. like, like, those were just like, oh, I came out of the womb, and I had this amazing book. No, I'm you know, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me, and I do share in some of my keynotes is, uh, I'm very proud to be a first generation high school graduate first generation college graduate and I grew up in a trailer park and I know when I say those two words together people get a vision you know double wide trailer park you know dead cars on the street and well it kind of was like that it kind of wasn't like that but yeah. I think, you know, I kind of go with all rights responsibilities and privileges thereof yes. and uh, yes. I, I always like to share that when ask you know kind of a question like this because I, I want your listeners and all of us as, as executives and leaders especially right now. To remember, you may not know who that person is in that Brady Bunch Zoom window next to you. It may be, you know, a young person that's running a multi-million dollar company, or it may be what I call a wisdom keeper yes. who's just now on their their first business journey. So, you know, that's one thing that you won't read in my bio that is really uh, powerful to me. And I hope mm-hmm. that each and every one of your listeners, wherever their story is, wherever they started, isn't necessarily where they end up. Another fun one is I actually started out as a meteorology major. Denise, weather forecast. <laughs> I was gonna be a weather weather girl, uh, Holly the weather woman. Um, and, oh, and, oh! But, but you know, stereotype. You talk- oh, such a
0: stereotype. <laughs> but you talked on
1: your show about, you know, uh, evolution and evolving yeah. and our world has evolved. It used to be, you know, you, you got up and you had one career for your, you know, 30 years of your career and you retired. And, you know, now it's probably like 27 careers or something. Mm-hmm. And I love that it was weather forecasting that, that kind of got me started. And I worked at the NBC affiliate because of what you talk about, that evolving yes. energy and weather is always evolving. The yep. clouds are coming and the sun yep. is moving and the stars. Yep. Are never... I live in Denver, Colorado. We can have four seasons in one day <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I lived. i uh, grew up in chicago so we often said you don't like the weather wait about 30 minutes
1: <laughs> well, and, but how can we use that in yeah. our own life as a yeah. tool to to be in the rough stuff and be yeah. in the laughter and be yeah. in, in all that and those, those every one of those little 30 minute adjustments helps us
0: close the gap and and start right. on a new one so interesting you are about mindfulness as i said before i've had guests that are into meditation and there's all kinds of preconceived notions and a lot of times people blend the two and they become one and you know i'm mindful i'm meditating what's the difference between the two in your words what's the difference between the two and how is mindfulness powerful in the work that you do in the work that you teach others to do
1: well i love i've listened to your shows on meditation and i i I love to say there's, there's a place, a place for both. And I joke, my most current book is called everyday mindfulness from chaos to calm in a crazy world. And it says in, on the back, no yoga mat required. So, you know, if you're a, if you're a yoga person and you love to sit on your meditation pillow, I say more power to you. Right. Absolutely go right. do it. Um, there is actually uh, mindfulness as a word is right. mindfulness is the practice of being present in the moment without judgment. That's the most agreed upon framework of a definition by the man named Jon Kabat-Zinn, who was the founder of the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Institute. And he brought um, secular mindfulness really to America. And okay. that kind of leans in a little to Denise. One of my the big questions I get is, do I have to be religious to be mindful? And right. absolutely not, while some um, traditions come out of that, a lot of that has, been, has fallen away for the better health medical mindset benefits of mindfulness. So there is something called mindfulness meditation, which is right. kind of that traditional meditation. And then there's also applied mindfulness, which is kind of the bucket I utilize for the, the active places that we can infuse mindfulness at home and at work. And really, Denise, you know, you can't do mindfulness wrong.
0: It's about suspending judgment, and
1: it's a practice. It's it's not a perfect, and I think that's where a lot of people get confused. Oh my gosh, I only did one minute. I didn't do enough. Or oh my gosh, I have to be twenty minutes on a meditation. Mindfulness is about you connecting with yourself, you connecting with the world. Again, letting go of that judgment. And our brains are hardwired for fight or flight, or they're hardwired mm-hmm. for that that discernment, mm-hmm. that judgment piece. So, mm-hmm. this is a practice, not a perfect, and you really can't do it wrong. The benefits show. And science and research. So, you know, if you do one minute, one day, and then you do two minutes and you slowly grow your practice, just like we're not going to just do one push up and think our arms are going to be strong. You know, we're going to do one and then we're going to do two and we're going to grow our practice over time mm-hmm. and we continue to get stronger. And in this time of transformation, I've never been busier. mindfulness is so important. Right
0: the other side of what I love about the difference between the two of them is, is that it's consciously and intentionally understanding what emotions that I'm feeling. getting in touch with that because too often we're in the got to get this done oh I've got my to-do list I'll go from this to this to this to this and right now probably more than you know it's one of the moments in time where understanding what we're feeling feelings generate a thought of either I'm safe or unsafe fear or no fear which creates a story of why I fear or don't fear why am I feeling this which also creates a decision on what I'm going to do, how I'm going to behave. So it's always feelings, emotions, um, story, and then, you know, your actions. But now when we, you know, intellectually, we should be feeling safe. We don't. We're out of our comfort zones. We're no longer in our habit. And when we're no longer in our habit, judgment shows up. Am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? I should be doing this, I shoulda, woulda, coulda, and we beat ourselves up on the shoulda, woulda, coulda. I should have been better at you know, being able to teach my kids if you're at home and you gotta teach your kids. I should be able to go see my parents if your parents are living in a assisted living and they've been quarantined. I should be able to go to work, but I'm afraid because I've got these underlying issues. I can't do that. I should be better at dealing with the social unrest, but I don't know how and what does that mean? And if I don't go back to work very soon, I'm going to lose my house. Those are all real feelings generated by thoughts that are guiding our ability to either feel safe or not safe. And in mindfulness, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the stopping long enough to know what that feeling is first, then questioning it, and then moving into what's the story, what's the action.
1: Denise. I recently
0: hosted
1: the C-Suite Network Mindful Leadership Night at the Movies. So Deepak okay. Chopra and Jewel uh, released a new movie in April of 2020 called The Mindfulness Movement. And I would encourage your listeners, if they're looking for something to do on, on, an, on an evening, to down, download this movie and, and watch it at home. And in that movie, Deepak Chopra kind of quipsy says, you know, mindfulness. Hmm. We're kind of stuck with that word, but maybe that wasn't the right word. And the, the right word that he invites that I think fits here is this a word of awarefulness Mm. that part of closing the gap is also being aware that you're in the gap yes and accepting and honoring and letting your yourself as you say feel it think it see it do it and just accept that beautiful space you know I remember back in in early March Colorado was moving on into more of a a closed down situation I remember you know it's like. Breathe in, breathe out, accept, breathe in, breathe out, accept, because all of us were in that, that roller coaster of missing the, 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 the grocery store, missing the going to school, um, and longing for that, that next thing. But I knew that there's a power in this pause, in this present moment. And that same thing is true today as our worlds renew and refresh. As we were, we were prepping for the show, you were talking about, you know, that what if this is the, the new normal? I like to oh, think yeah. of life as a dimmer switch. That acceptance, I breathe in, I breathe out, the recognition of acceptance of this moment, letting that kind of that stress wash off off of you and know that some of us, you know, are, are going back to work in a traditional way, might get turned up like a light switch, and then maybe the next month it might be turning down, and mindfulness practice being present in this moment accept this moment no matter how the, the world is evolving that builds our resilience it builds our productivity and helps us to be more healthy in this time and companies that are utilizing these practices it's shown in study over study are going to be more productive as a result of infusing these practices for their employees, because that calm then goes into their customers. That calm then inspires more loyalty for customers who are then bit buying more. And we're seeing it. You know, I, I, I joke, you know, the soft skills now are the, are the, the most important hard skills yeah, for, yeah, for people, yeah. people to learn. And mindfulness is a gateway.
0: One of the problems or one of the challenges businesses face right now, is that we haven't been good stewards over teaching them how to be good leaders. And that means everything from facilitating conversations and work and being able to create systems in which people can be successful. We all know that we learn fastest and best through role modeling. How do they bring this back in when there's so much uncertainty in the workplace right now? How do you, how do you bring mindfulness in so that people can focus on what really matters?
1: Uh take advantage of this opportunity for your business culture reset. I know a lot of your your listeners are are in that mm-hmm. HR space. It's now is a time to listen with our ears on our heart, ask more questions, slow down a little bit. You know, the words that come up for me Denise are stop rewarding busy. Yes. That's gonna take some practice. We're not always gonna get it perfect. Yeah. Um, But you know, when you're at your weekly staff meeting or team meeting, that that same principle of of role modeling, this applies, Denise, and one of the introductory ways that we infuse mindfulness into organizations large and small is the idea of intention
0: setting. Pre 2020,
1: you know, we had all these to do lists and we still Mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. But what if we looked at that in a new way and shifted a behavior around it that we said, What's our intention around the doing? So, we still have things to do, but how are we being in the doing? Mm -hmm. Are we rewarding stress, rewarding overwhelm, rewarding exhaustion? I mean, exhaustion. Even even now, if we have a a virtual water cooler, how many times do you find yourself with your coworkers going, I have seven things to do? Oh, well, you have seven. I have 10. I have. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, the Ain't
0: It Awful talk
1: yeah <laughs> you think I, I you got a
0: bad i got, let me tell you how bad it is for me
1: <laughs> and, and as as leaders, again, I love your reference to again let's let's reboot our thought on a leader yeah. as a as a title me to yeah. we. somebody have that courage that the core of their heart to gently pause that conversation right. I know we're going to talk a little bit about facilitation, but again, recognize that thank that for showing up, let people share, but then also invite the new question. Wow, team, I recognize we're we're suddenly like in the downward spiral mode. How do we wanna be in the doing? And then as we practice it week over week, team member over team member, that we can set an intention. And that book I referenced earlier, Everyday Mindfulness from Cast to Calm in a Crazy World, has everybody write an intention every single day. Mm -hmm. So in the absence of that slow and pause, we're gonna get in that state of overwhelm. So I also play with the idea of, we're not always good feelers right now because we've been so so busy, we don't take the time to feel. Right. So right. When, right. You, when you catch yourself and you're like on that spiral, don't beat yourself up. Oh my gosh, I am so confused right now. Maybe that's the yes. word, confused. I'm so confused, I'm so confused, I'm so confused well, we got we to gotta catch that. Well, then use that the, the C of confused and go, what do I want instead? And use that mm-hmm. C as your first letter. Wait, you know what? What's a C word that I want instead of confused? I want courageous. Mm-hmm. And then, then let yourself take 30 seconds and go, what does courageous look like? What does courageous mm-hmm. feel like? What does mm-hmm. courageous sound like? Mm-hmm. And right now, courageous may be something just as easy as, I got in the elevator and I got to my fourth floor cubicle. And I breathed in and I breathed out and then I started my day, like the going back, back to that, or maybe you're exhausted and you take the E, I'm I'm, I'm energetic. What Mm -hmm. does it look like? What's it feel like? What's it sound like? These are Mm -hmm. little mindfulness practices that we can do as individuals and then bring that mindful awareness into the work, workplace to create more positive business cultures.
0: So... Let's talk about a staff meeting because so, I don't know about your clients, but mine are calling about, oh my God, I have to have a staff meeting. Oh, it's time for goals. We're on Zoom. I can't, you know, it's hard because, you know, some people have it on, some people don't, they're engaged, they're not engaged, you know, so there's this whole thing around how do I facilitate my meetings? How do I focus my people on doing the right thing? So what do you recommend? How would that look?
1: Two different thoughts on this, Denise. The first mindful practice that I like to do is again, empower your, yourself and your people right now, that if somebody was coming to me with that question, I would say, pretend that you did pretend you did know how to facilitate Pretend You did know how to get your people to focus. What would you do? And, and ask them to take that that minute or two minutes in and let all the, the the busy overwhelm i don't know i don't know juice out of your brain, and maybe you know some people are drawers, some people are doodle. If I was going to pretend that I knew how to facilitate this meeting, what would I do I'd do it like right now is such a great time for all of us to explore a new skill to try a new skill to throw a noodle on the wall because right. we're all in in this learning together, so that that's kind of my my first tip is. I, I have a lot of answers on how I facilitate or focus folks, but my way may not be the
0: right way for you. So. so let, let's break it down yeah. to, okay. So I do want to do something. I do recognize that, you know, I've got eight, 10, 20, I mean, in a month, or so I'm going to be facilitating a group of 28 month. It'll be 98 individuals on a zoom call. And if I were not in this business, I would be terrified of how do I pull my team together? all across the country to try and facilitate a call. I mean, we do the check-in. So how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? But you know, it's, we're now 110, 115 days into this, three and a half, four months. That's getting a little old. What exactly, what would it look like? How, how would I set it up? I, I get the how I do it might be mine, but tell me a structure that I can put in place, I can think about. I can be mindful about? Well, first of all, I think it's, um,
1: I was a meeting planner for for 10 years. So I think about before, during, and after any meeting, large or small. So before the meeting, I would go back and I'd set my own intention around it. Just like I talked about, what's my intention for this meeting? We'll go work with ease and effortless, Denise. And then I would actually, and this is why I think some of my my professional speaking virtual or online is so successful, is before I even get on that call, I'm going to, see every person on that call because I know them or I've seen them on video and I'm going to say their name. I recognize Denise is easeful and effortless. I recognize Jan is easeful and effortless. And I'm going to really put some before the meeting energy into what I want to have happen. And if I have some people in that bucket that I feel are maybe a little more whipped up than others, I might pick up the phone and and do a little pre-work, listening, asking questions, supporting them to see how I can help them feel more comfortable on the hundred and fifteenth day, like you said, yeah. During that meeting, and I was a Virgo, Virgo meeting meeting planner. I think right now people need you to kind of tell them a little bit how it's going to go, right? Um, I, you know, I, I think we do have to kind of go back to these these agendas a little bit. You know, ten or fifteen minutes of of welcome and authentic connection, or you know, recognize, let people stay say where they are, and sometimes it's it they don't they don't think we can have the. In one word or less, say in the chat box how you're feeling right now. Happy, sad, frustrated, blah, blah, blah. And you need to get 96 words and you're, you're just reading them off. Just getting people's energy moving again. Um, and then, then that what's that one business objective that you need to unify them around? Right. So then chunk out your time. So, you know, a, a third of that time is, you know, really getting, you know, here, here's the, the goal, and the objective, the result, and letting people facilitate that, that questioning. Um, and then realize, state clearly what you want to have happen. This is yes. where I think sometimes we get lost in the gap. Right. Well, no, I want the napkins to be yellow. No, they need to be polka dot. No, what I need to have happen. And, and as a team, agree on a statement right. of what you want to have happen. I realize, as a result of this meeting, 35 people are going to get promotions or new business cards, or Mm -hmm. we're going to order them lunch or whatever that that thing is. So Mm -hmm. recognize them, get them humanly, possibly fully present in the room, close all the windows, turn off the phones, unify them together around the, recommit to the vision and mission of the organization. Realize, state what you want to have happen. And then I think it's a great practice right now, have some gratitude everybody say something that your gratitude share something that you as a leader are grateful for even the silliest funniest thing Mm -hmm. you know share something light and then kind of you know lay out some timelines but also kind of give some space to let it go and let your people say i can do this by tuesday i can do this by by thursday that moving from that me on high leadership model to the the we model is gonna take us maybe a little time right now to get that practice but before the meeting don't ever go into a meeting unless you know who's on what you're doing before during the meeting lay out a good solid framework of conversations and questions okay and then after the meeting have a really authentic personal follow-up meeting if right. you know there's people that were really super engaged in that meeting in their own communication language some are text, some are twitter Thank them, celebrate them. And this is going to take a couple iterations, but before, during, and especially after the meeting, the, it doesn't always have to be about, did you do that thing you said you were going to do on the meeting? But that, that authentic, mindful awarefulness of the follow through creates that positive upward spiral when you do it over and over and over again. And I am often the most looked upon as a leader person in the room. Maybe not because I have the answer. But because I always have my ears on my heart mm-hmm. and I'm always asking that next question, that next question without attachment to the answer. Some are going to come through and going to be great. Some of them may be bad, but they get us to that next
0: thing called yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, It's funny because um, the way, the way you talk about beginning, middle and end is so perfect in that most often we're, it's so, we're so in the busy that we only think about, okay, what are the two things I have to get out of this? And we don't take the time in the beginning. It may take a little while, after a while it takes you five minutes to be able to do it okay so we've had this made and i always say to mike to the people i talk to is nothing happens in a single conversation and so you need to plan that if you're going to be having staff meeting touch base meetings listening sessions whatever it is that it's actually a series of conversations so that you can chunk them down to allow the flow to happen the change you want to see in people to happen because as you said, you you come in and, oh, this is a different meeting. And and immediately the brain starts going into, oh, it's different. How should I show up? Let me write this down. What did they say? I'm off kilter. He's not acting the right way. She's not acting the right way. And so there's this chatter in everybody's head. And so you lose them. So not having something after that meeting, because we all know, I mean, the science is pretty clear. And you know, within 24 hours, we forget 85% of whatever happened in the meeting, out of it, you know, you got to touch base with people afterwards to remind them just in little chunks of what it is. And I think too often, we're trying to jam so much in the busyness of we've got to have every hour filled in, we've got to know exactly what's happening, this level of control, because we think people need that level of control. And I think these are times when the opposite is true. I think what people need is a way to Um, feel like their contribution is their way of control. Does that sound familiar or am I off base from what you said?
1: Oh no, I absolutely love that. Their contribution is their way of control. Denise, you got to write that one down. That was so good. You know, I mean, and, and it's interesting because when you talked at the beginning of the show that we have to remember, we live in a feeling universe. Yes. And we we are connecting energetically differently now versus, you know, having somebody in the cubicle or the Right, the right, hall. right, right. But, but we, if you're, if you again, put your ears on your heart and really sit in the Brady Bunch window or the Microsoft or the whatever Zoom, whatever your tool is, you can still sense an energy from folks and sculpt that energy. We know, right. we, you know, remember when we go to a meeting and you'd walk in the meeting room and there was country music, that gave you a vibe. You know, if you, if you had jazz music, it gave a vibe. Well, there's no reason we can't do that, you know, as well in our, in our meetings. I've always got my singing bowl here at my desk. You know. <laughs> think people to, bring to people in. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah like,
1: like, just, I mean, I, I can tell you my most productive meetings are the ones, okay, we have two ways we can do this meeting. We can do it in 120 minutes because one of you is off Zooming or chasing after the blah, right. blah, blah, or we can all commit. For 60 minutes, we're going to stop doing all these things, be fully engaged in this window and and get the decisions done. What do you want to do? do? And let people, again, be empowered by how they're going to intend to put their energy into that.
0: Yes. So those guests who might be um, new, let me help you out. The way we're talking about energy and the connection of the energy is something that you already know. This is not the woo-woo and all of that. If you've ever walked into a room, two people are talking, and you knew instantly they were saying something and there was tension in the room, or they shut, and they shut up really quick, you got a feeling about something going on. And when you ask the question, hey, what, hey, what's up with you guys? What are you talking about? They go, nothing. You knew immediately. You could feel the air get thick when, the room, when, the, when those two people were in some kind of conversation that was deep and heavy. The same is true as if you walk into a, another meeting and people are like, oh, da, 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 da. "You got an energy surge. You understood. You read the room, so you know exactly what it is." So all of what we're talking about is really based in we feel first, we sense first what is going on in the room, and the same is true on Zoom. So those of you who know me know that I've been coaching since uh, or running this business, coaching, consulting, etc since 07, and that 90-some-odd percent of my clients I never get to meet. Yet I can read and hear in between their words what's going on, and the same is true that you can do the same thing. But it does mean that you stop the chatter and the busyness, acknowledge where people are, and allow them to contribute from where they can contribute, help them through it. Now, Holly, the last thing before we, we move on, right now there's a lot of tensions and a lot of reasons. In particular, I can see in many executive offices whose fault it is that we're in this situation. We're not going to make the numbers. How are we going to get it? How come our supply chain's not working the way we want? The internet, we don't have access for all our people. How come we don't have it? How do we get this done? And not there's a sharpness. There's a sharpness in our tone. There's a sharpness and an edginess that's going on, which is really causing a little bit of conflict change initiatives in the beginning we don't like to have change and it always creates a why are we doing this now kind of feeling how in your facilitation how would you coach how would you give a couple tips to an executive who's walking into we've got to make some tough changes i know my people aren't going to like it and there's going to be some conflict in the room how do i navigate through that
1: wow i love i love this one and again it is a little situation specific but i recently interviewed a man on my podcast a mark sanborn and he said something that that i really have held on to that might support your leaders too and he said you know change doesn't have to mean bad mm-hmm. and one thing as you you start on a mindfulness practice and you grow into it is we start to look at what it is we believe it is done unto us as we believe and back on that idea of, of curating or creating a conversation before during and after before a meeting if i'm going into that meeting going oh this is going to be contentious oh this is going to be bad i've already created an order in the universe a belief that it's going to be bad mm-hmm. and um I I totally really resonate with your your word there, sharpness of, of tone, sharpness of timing that I right now slowing down enough to say, what's my intention? What do I want to believe about this meeting and really shifting that? And don't just take my word for it really try this a few times in the next yeah. couple of weeks after you've heard this podcast because we live in, in a world where kind of everything is connected even though we yep. feel a little disconnected right yeah. now and i use the example uh denise of like going to a restaurant you know we're in the car we're driving to the restaurant god i want chicken tacos okay go to the chicken taco place you order the chicken tacos and we've, we've set an energy and expectation we see it we feel it we know well, if that works the same way in something as silly as that, it actually does work in business.
0: So you get what you intend.
1: Yeah. So really, honor honor the that the belief that's showing up right now of the old way we did things sharp, right, edgy, uncomfortable. Recognize it and then choose again. Kind of you know as we as you've been talking about you know feeling story behavior. Now mm-hmm. now we get to really mindfully in this present aware moment, choose new thoughts, new beliefs, and new actions. And the more we do it as individuals and we model that for our teams, it just grows and grows and grows and changes the culture of your company, no matter how large or small it is.
0: Yes, and it does start with one person, doesn't it? You know, making a decision that this moment, this meeting, this time that I'm with you is going to be different than the past. And here's how I want it to be different. This is what I want it to be. And I think when I am working with people, there's always this wobble of it can't be that easy and you don't know my person and you don't know my situation. They will never buy this stuff. And so getting a person to sincerely believe that you really can set the tone, you really do set the tone for what is about to occur. Sometimes it's a tough thing to get them to, to move on, to decide that I'm going to try out of it. But as you said, I, I wholeheartedly encourage people to do it. I sit with them and say, okay, let's keep moving. And in the face of it didn't work, because it's just like riding a bike. I always say, if you just learn how to ride a bike, You can watch all the YouTube videos you want. You can download all the podcasts that teach you and talk to you about how to ride a bike. You can watch Lance Armstrong a hundred hours and I guarantee the first time you jump on that bike, you're gonna fall down and you're not going to know how to ride the bike. It is a practice. It is an intention that you're going to stick with it and you're going to find the few things that work for you and you're going to work them in a deliberate way and when you when they don't, then you reach out and you talk to people.
1: Yeah, and I know I love affirmations and mantras—short, simple, positive statements that yep. you know a lot of people use those in our in your personal life. But we forget there's really no mm-hmm. separation between work and home. And if, if 2020 has shown us nothing, there really there's a, there's a dissolving separation between oh, yeah. between work work and home. But you know, sometimes when I sit in that meeting with that sharp person or that scratchy person, I will be whispering in my inside voice, you know be here now, be here now, be here now. Or I, you know, I accept you. I accept you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you. Like not all these things are things you have to to show or demonstrate, but it's by resetting my own being here now, being in the present moment and really feeling that judgment show up and thank it for showing up, letting it go and coming back continuously to neutral, to neutral, to neutral. And especially right now in a world of business so whipped up and, and unsteady and unsure. And do I write the statement or not the statement? Do I open my, my office? Do I not? Can I get in the elevator? Like, here now. <laughs> and and trust Breathe. Yeah, we live Breathe. in a world. We live in a world that's for us and not yeah. against us. And something really powerful is, is remembering our teams. All of us, when we chose the consulting contract or the agreement or the, the job offer, we did it because we were committed on some level to that vision or mission of that organization. And right now is a really great time for all of us to recommit to that. And I know some of your listeners are probably furloughed or maybe right. they're taking a break. Be there now.
0: Right.
1: Thank that opportunity for showing up and utilize that as an opportunity to be in in that that feeling space of the gap. Surround yourself with podcasts just like Denise's and get support of coaches like this that will help you to be here now, accept, breathe, and move those conversations forward. Because we have a lot of exciting conversations to curate together.
0: Oh, yeah absolutely absolutely so last question tell me about a time when you personally had to use this the skill mindfulness to get you from where you are at that moment to the other side before you learned all of these wonderful things.
1: Well, you know that's a great question, Denise, and it, it is a fun one. You know, we we're always evolving, as you as you say, right. and uh, sometimes we even evolve and grow into things before we know we've grown into them. Yes. And I started my company in twenty ten. I I divorced my husband, quit my job, and started my own company all in a twelve month period. And I I wasn't yet. I hadn't taken all the degrees and the licensure and, and mindfulness that I have now, but I had this awareness or something more within me that wanted to emerge. And so I, I got these pretend contracts Yes, and I printed them out for my company and I just, you know, who's my dream client and how much do I want to get paid to work with him? I wrote these things out. I know people think I'm making this up. I'm absolutely dead serious. And I wrote them out, you know, ABC company, $5,000, DEF company, $10,000. And I I put them in a drawer and I literally forgot about them. And about five years later, I I went to my desk to move and, and found those documents. And I had worked with every single one of those organizations in the way that was written on that paper, or something better. So I, I, know I. We joke TSW. This stuff works. <laughs> the, you know that the practice of being present in the moment. And right now, you know, honor honor that the stress that's coming up. Breathe it in, breathe it out. You know, wash it down the drain every time we're washing our hands right now. And, and give thanks. Those three skills. Even if we just do those three skills individually. And what are they again? Breathe, wash your hands, you know, wet, yes. wash, wash the stress down uh-huh. and, and just be grateful. I mean, yeah. all of us, even yeah. even if we're looking at bank accounts that aren't where we thought they were going to be or, or health that wasn't where we thought it was going to be, we've, we do have so much, much to be grateful for. And that's, that's just a great way to, come to think about to it. The, I tell people, uh, yeah. I often
0: say you get what you intend and you definitely get what you focus on. So if you w- focus on what's not working, you're going to see a whole lot of stuff that's not working. And if you focus on what's working, then you're gonna see more and more of what's working. Because in reality, you know, 99% of all the things we want and do works. Somehow we just always focus on that one thing that wasn't good enough, isn't good enough. Oh, I should have done this. I shoulda, have, woulda, have, coulda. Have. And if we could just turn that into, I am grateful for 99% of the time, everything just works. Everything is good,
1: and back to where we started, Denise.
0: Absolutely. When, when
1: all that when all that doesn't work, the ability to laugh at it, like, yep. oh man, there's that should word again. I'm not supposed to shit on myself. Ha 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 ha. Yep. You know, like.
0: Yeah, and uh, keep it moving. Yeah. So. so Holly, how do people get a hold of you?
1: Oh Denise, it's been so great being on your show. Um, Leadership Solutions, INTL, leadershipsolutionsintl.com has my podcast, all of my, all of my speaking, coaching, and you
0: can. Until next week, guys, thank you so much for giving us this time. I am so appreciative of it. If you like it, share it. If you don't like it, share it, because I guarantee it will start a conversation that will help you close the gap, get you from where you are today to where you want to be. And, uh, Have a great week and be mindful. Bye. You've been listening to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. Music provided by Ivan G. Hall. Let me thank the C-Suite Radio for hosting me on their network. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and always check out the podcast on C-Suite Radio, the largest network focused on helping executives do better and be better. As always, let me know what you're doing what you're facing and what you're struggling with as you try to close the gap, creating a pathway from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.